0: Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Thank the Lord for His blessings, His presence, and for all of you that are here, Amen. Ain't God good? All the time, God is good. Amen. What a privilege to stand before you today, and enjoy the blessings of the Lord's presence, to open up the Word of God one more time. Uh, would you put up my my, my doohickey? That's it, that's doohickey there, then is that what it means is that what it means it's going to be interesting today folks thank the lord for the opportunity to talk y'all are nice folks you know that good to talk to you and we appreciate it. jimmy is so good to see you praise god i said don't look back don't don't look back let's Look ahead, keep going, keep going. Amen. Thank the Lord for the presence of God. The Bible, the word of God, the Bible uh, is the infallible word of God. I know we used that expression. There's a, a feller way out in the other, another country that says he's infallible when he's speaking for the voice of the Roman Catholic Church. But I don't believe that for one second. No, he's not infallible. The only one that is infallible is our God. And and and, and his word. Let me turn my thing on here. You know, I was blessed with an iPad. Do you know that? I still got it. if I could just get Brother Timothy to teach me how to use it now. I could turn it on, probably. Well, I know I can, well, because I read my Kindle books on it, so it's very profitable. Lord, help me to have mercy and help me to have understanding. Um, That's some introduction. What was I talking about You. The word of God is infallible. There's, there are no errors in the inspired word of God. And we can be assured that when you read this book and obey what it says, it happens. What he promises, he fulfills. Now, and I know I get on... Maybe a dangerous territory here, and I certainly don't mean to be do that. Listen to what Paul said in First Timothy or Second Timothy rather, chapter three, verses sixteen and seventeen, where he tells us that all scripture, all scripture, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect throughly furnished unto all good works. The word of God, all scripture, not just part of it, but all scripture. You know, you've read about those that, uh, who, was the, who was the man and was it Jefferson? Was Jefferson the deist? Anyway, that uh, would remove some portions of the Bible that he didn't agree with. Well, I don't care, you could go through this Your Bible, you can tear out what page you don't agree with, but it won't change it, it won't change it. In fact, the Bible says, the psalmist said that thy word is what? Forever, forever settled in heaven. 54 of the most learned men in the land were chosen for the tremendous task of producing the King James version of the Bible. There had been other versions, Tyndale was involved with Translating the scriptures and others as well, and as you know, the very first book that was printed on the Wütenburg press was the was the Bible. But anyway, by by the time this King James, who appointed these 54 men to take the the text that they had at their uh, at their hand, their their uh, fingertips, as it were, the Textus Receptus, Receptus uh, by the time they got started, some of them had died, others had withdrawn, so there were 47, finally, that began the task of translating the scriptures and produced the King James Version of the Bible that was printed there by, uh, on that press, of 16 and 11. But anyway, the individuals translated the scripture they were Greek scholars, Hebrew scholars, and before meeting with others in the group to compare results and agreeing on the final uh, results, each group would present their, what they had come up with and give it gave it to some another part of the group, and they all put it, their minds together. And a select committee went over the complete work, finally, and two of their numbers were responsible for the final checking of the work this is you know the more i think about it and read about it and consider it this is uh an awesome undertaking awesome i know you can sit down and read this book Uh, of course i know you read it through every year but really if you just took time to put about eight hours a day of reading it you could get it read in in a month's time or so but uh, what a tremendous undertaking to translate the Bible and to be able to present it to us. The King James Version is the, to, as far as I'm concerned, what I can understand is the most authentic translation, interpretation of the original. There are no originals. You know, we, here's the Apostle Paul. Well, we don't have what Paul wrote other than what has been brought down. Uh, through the ages as it were. But what I'm saying is whatever Paul wrote on, whatever it was, whatever kind of material he was able to obtain in that prison or wherever he was when he wrote his writings, we don't have that original uh, manuscript or whatever, but it was handed down from time to time. One of the things to me that was exciting and and, uh, interesting and thought-provoking was when that little shepherd boy threw that rock into that cave in Qumran and heard something break and he began to investigate and find out that here are all these pottery jars and they were filled with scrolls scriptures that had been rolled up together and put in there and we kind of caught our breath and said oh, oh my what if you find axe in there and it's not in there what if you find axe in there it doesn't say get baptized in Jesus name what if it does say, quote these words, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, when you get baptized? Well, of course, when they, uh, were, when they got those uh, parchments, scrolls, and began to investigate them and lay them out, they found out it's just like this, just like this. One of the, one of the parchments or scrolls, whatever you're supposed to call it, was the book of Isaiah. Isaiah in the complete form of Isaiah. Others were just fragments, uh, whatever, pages or books, but they had the the whole book of Isaiah and where they were finally able to unroll it and put it down and set it up beside the King James Version of Isaiah, word for word, chapter for chapter, whatever. So we don't have any reason to doubt no reason to doubt what's in here Amen But uh, anyway The most fascinating book That you can have in your possession Is uh, Not How to Win Friends and the Influence People By Mr. Carnegie No It's the word of God The Bible It is, it is the awesomely inspired book Peter said in in 2 Peter 1, verse 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It is the God-breathed book, if you will. And another passage in the book of Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19, the Lord said these are some of the... The last words, of course, that we have in our Bible that the Lord made this statement For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, that if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city. And from the things which are written in this book Amen What is the song? Just leave it alone It's God's blessed word Amen Having said all that We're still faced with differences Different opinions Different theories Different uh, suppositions We have different uh, versions As well as different translations of uh, Available today We also have many that have Put together their own views of the Word of God, and, uh, and it's my understanding that the author that put together what is called the Living Bible, which to me is anything but living. But anyway, the, the fellow that put together, and I don't remember his name, maybe some of you do, but the fellow that compiled, he began by the New Testament, using some of the New Testament. I remember when we were in Memphis. And we began to get copies of that, that, that publication. First, we could just get the New Testament. Then finally, he tackled the Old Testament. So, woo, isn't it wonderful we have the whole living Bible now? <clears throat> I already had it. I already had it. But anyway, if my understanding is right, he, he, to go to work, to go to his job, wherever it was, he had to commute on the train. So he would sit in that train a couple hours, however long it took him to get to his job, and that's how he began to interpret. He wasn't interpreting. He was putting his own ideas and opinions as to how it ought to read. I like it just like this. I know we have these and thou's. We don't have any nuances, but we have these and thou's and and, and what, I know we have the king james language because he was the one that that, that said let's let's get this bible in pub, in print in publication but anyway now the, the purpose of my presentation here today is that is that what it means is that what it means and and, and I say that I ask that to bring it down to this because I know these, these brave and intelligent 47 men that translated the Textus Receptus and put it in the king's language so that you and I could read it here in Medora, Indiana in the year of 20,000, what is the day? This is September 16, 2019. But anyway, they... I'm going to say something here that gets me in trouble. I don't want to say something here that brings confusion. But uh, you know, there are state. Let me let me bring it like this. Like in the Old Testament, the Lord says, "I will work; who will let it?" And I've heard that been preached on. If you'll just let God. Well, there's nothing you can do to prevent him from doing it. I will work who will let it. That's that's the way it was in the king's language. That's not the way it is in our language. God is saying, I'll work and who's going to stop me? I'll work and who's going to hinder me? God's work is going to be fulfilled. I don't care what I do and I don't care what you do. The word of God is going to be fulfilled. But my point is, when those 47 intelligent fellers interpret the, translated the, the, the scriptures and put it in, in print, in the king's language, if you will, that's the way they spoke back then. That's not the way we speak now. Another such expression is in the book of 2 Thessalonians 2, where there it speaks about uh, the time of the end and the and the... Age uh, Which you and I are living in And Paul says about Only he who now letteth will let Until he be taken out of the way Remember that verse Well again the word let and letteth Is not referring to a permitting Or allowing something to happen But rather it's, it's a Hindering or a hindrance Who's going to hinder this then Who's going to prevent this from happening And again no power in this world I don't care who they are A government A, a President, a premier, a dictator, whatever—God's word is going to be fulfilled. So, having said that, let me let me turn to the scriptures and uh, just use some comparison or some uh, references here. For instance, in the book of Luke, chapter 23 and verse 43, is an interesting verse that they are. Jesus is on the cross. There's a thief on one side And a thief on the other side A a, a lawbreaker if you will On each side One of the thieves are cursing him The other thief is realizing his predicament And condition And he asks the Lord That if he would please to remember him When you enter into your kingdom Remember that passage And in verse 43 Jesus said unto him Verily I say unto thee Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Is that the way you read it in your bo- in your book, in your Bible? Just just leave that scripture up there, Bill, for just a little while. The thief had realized his condition. He, he was he was getting ready to die, and he realized he was lost. So he asked the Lord. He begged the Lord, "Remember what you, me when you enter into your kingdom." And Jesus was very clear. And positive Verily I say unto thee Today shalt thou be with me In paradise The point is There are those that Choose to rewrite The scriptures Brother Matt would you read verse 43 Right there And he said to your and he said to him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Read the, by breaking it down into punctuation. And he said to him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Yeah, you see the difference? This is the... New world translation of the holy scriptures well i'll stick with the old world but the point is what the, what this is the so-called jehovah's witnesses bible but notice how they they and i know when 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 these fellows translated this king james version i know that they didn't put punctuations in it because there were no punctuations in the original writings and I know that somebody many, many years later went through the book and changed, or not changed it, but divided into chapters and into verses and punctuations and whatever. But I like it just like it is in the King James. Jesus said unto thee, Today shalt thou be. It's not, Jesus said unto him, Today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Because, anyway. Leave it like it is. Leave it like it is. Truly, I tell tell you today. Period. You shall be me. You will be me in paradise. No, let's leave it like it is. Um, another. I'm just throwing. This is this is a Scrabble here today. There's another verse. They call it chimney corner verses. There's another verse. You ever heard a preacher say, Well, the Bible says the wise man Solomon said, Spare the rod and spoil the child. I looked and looked for that verse. But I never did find it. Spare the rod. Because I knew there was times when she needed correction. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: Anyway, there's
0: there's no such passage in the scripture. There's no such that such passage, and and uh, I remember when I first got in church, I heard uh, people, preachers, and whatever would say, "Paul said the things I used to hate I now love, and the things I used to love I now hate." I never could find that scripture either. It's not it's not there either. Now, it may be true. Because there are some things I used to hate I now love And there are some things I used to love I now hate But again, stick with the scriptures Another one was, I heard and I don't know how many times I heard this in the, Not recently, but a long time ago The Bible says the time will come When you'll not be able to, to tell the seasons Winter from summer and fall from spring You'll not because of the conditions you'll not be able to tell the seasons one from another. I never did find that either. But I'll tell you what I did find in the book of Genesis chapter 8 and the very last verse of that uh, book in verse 22 the Bible says and and this settles the issue with Mr. Gore is that the feller that's gory about his global warming stuff and a few others but anyway While the earth remaineth That's forever and ever As long as the earth remains Seed time and harvest And cold and heat And summer and winter And day and night Shall not cease So now we're going to have some times like Too much water Too much rain Too much drought but the season change is going to continue as l- as long as the earth remains which i think pretty well qualifies or disqualifies or annuls the argument of the global warmers that are telling us how was it when they first started way back under in uh, i can remember reading writings and books about fellers back in the 60s and 70s that warned that by the year of 2000, what was going to happen and change, and here we come past 2000. Remember when the the century turned, or well, it wasn't, I don't guess, the century, but the year 2000 rolled around. Remember about the warnings we were having? The computers are going to get messed up because they'll not be able to determine, you know, the change from 1999 to 2000. It's all going to click back to zero or whatever. Or zero one or something Planes are going to fall out of the sky And all kind of things is going to happen There was even churches that had special services To have prayer meetings Because of the tremendous things and Troubles that's going to happen Well we're still here Our clock is still ticking This one's not But anyway Changes are still taking place uh, In our world But anyway Let me This may bore you, but if it does, I'm sorry. But there is a passage of Scripture. Uh, I don't know if any of you mess with reading my posts that I put on Facebook most every day. But anyway, I put one on a couple of weeks ago that kind of stirred some up. Even pastor got a call from somebody about it And I got a call from somebody about it And I got a few responses Thank God I'm accomplishing my task (laughs) But anyway, forgive me for being ignorant But anyway, here's what my post was In case y'all don't know what I'm talking about We have heard preachers, teachers Use 1 Peter chapter 3 to teach their belief That a child of God should not wear any gold Some use the passage to also teach That a woman should not plait her hair The verse used is verse 3 1 Peter 3 Whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning Of plaiting the hair, wearing of gold Or putting on of apparel While we certainly recognize the teaching of anyone I personally believe that a mistake is made when using this verse to teach that it is wrong to wear gold or plait the hair. This is taking a verse out of context. Peter is not teaching against wearing or doing these things. His purpose is a wife trying to win her lost husband. He is saying that she should not use this as a method of winning that husband. He must be won by how she lives, verse 4. It is the inward spirit that is manifested outwardly that will have the greatest effect upon that wayward husband or anyone else. Also, if wearing of gold is wrong, what about that last phrase? Putting on of apparel. Oh, did you see that? This is Facebook mess too, I think, where I saw. You see that church that when they, there's people, when they gather the church, They take off their clothes when they get in the annex and have church naked. My goodness, I couldn't. (laughs) There's no way I could concentrate on the preacher. (laughs) Or what about that special song singer? (laughs) But they're worshiping. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Let me... Lord help me <laughs> let, let me just share Just I got, I got a, Most of, Now this is what Kind of made me feel good Most of those that were brave enough to post A response were positive But there was One fellow that wasn't too positive <laughs> But Brother Jerry in, in, in Nigeria He said thank you beloved bishop Our father for your blessing To us Stephanie, I'm not going to give the last names She says, I love to hear wisdom from That feels good No I love to hear wisdom from the elders that break down the meaning of the scripture My brother has always said Look at the verses before it and the verses after it There's a reason for the verse in the middle Look at the whole picture thank you so much for that, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And then there was a Bishop, Paul. He said, you are one of the first preachers I've heard get this right. I applaud you, sir, for not following men's ideas, but understanding what Peter was really talking about. And then that fly in the ointment, Brother Steve, I know Brother Steve, I'm going to tell you his last name because you know him too, some of you. He used to pass over here, but he? said <laughs> said, would earrings be all right? Pearl necklace, nose ring, gold chain with gold cross. Steve, get your head out of the gutter. You know what the scripture's saying and you know what I'm saying. But anyway, the danger in using such a passage by ignoring what is said before and what is said afterwards uh, is dangerous. Right. Dangerous. Take something out of its context and apply it. And, and we do have that. And now, obviously, you know we do not. You know we don't condone the gaudy, ungodly apparel on our women. This is not what Peter is saying here. We don't condone uh, women looking like jewelry stores uh, Walking down the street Or whatever Or prostitutes either He was not teaching the women in the church To not wear these things He was saying if you want to win your husbands That's not the way it's done And we've got we've to back up and consider some things just Just like all the other scriptures in the Bible That that how questionable or raised questions or thoughts in our mind we got to realize who Peter was when he was living and where he was living and to whom he was doing his writing and in that day especially we think of places like Corinth did you know in Corinth they had temples to the heathen gods and did you know in in those temples they had prostitutes Prostitutes that would in, that would entice people, men particularly, to come in and, and join their club, and that was the condition. So here were the women, and just like today, mostly women come to church first. It seems like the majority of times. But anyway, anyway, uh, in in that day, just like in our day, we have husbands that are not saved. But in that day. The women, shall we say, had some tremendous competition because there were those prostitutes that would attract the uh, sexual desires and drives of the husbands and uh, the way they dressed, the way they looked, painted up like whatever, uh, geisha dancers or dolls or whatever, an ungodly appearance uh, with their dress and conduct. So Peter is saying, ladies, you don't have to dress like a prostitute to win your husband. That's not the way you're going to win your husband. All all that we need to do is read that first verse. Can you put that first verse up there, First Peter chapter 3, that first verse up around? All we have to do is read that verse. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be one by the conversation of the wise. And that term conversation means conduct, the way you conduct yourself, the way you treat your husband, the way you treat one another. And then verse four, the first verse and the last verse. That's all you need to read to understand what's in between in verses two and three. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. That's how it's that's how it should be done. Anyway, y'all agree with that? Well it doesn't matter, it's right anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I told you we're gonna be different today. Right. But anyway, um Any question on that one? You understand that? You understand? Wives, you understand what I'm saying? You all agree with that? Amen. Of course, all of the, most every wife in here is your husband's either in church or not. Not anyway. That's going to be with the Lord. There's another passage that. Uh, let me back up some here a few years ago in a general conference they had me and two more preachers you know who they are but I'm not going to tell you right now on a panel and there were th- two uh, subjects that they wanted us to deal with one was women's hair and they said brother Walsh you take care of that one so I dealt with the women's hair and the other one was First 1 First Peter chapter 3 the wearing of gold and these other preachers bless their heart I love them but the point is when they begin to talk about it's wrong for women to wear gold and they elaborated on it and there I said we had just celebrated my 50th year in the ministry and we had this celebration that was put together by sister walls and I don't know who all y'all were involved but you had bought me a brand new watch guess what color it was and I had that I, I had that gold watch But anyway, I didn't They did invite me to say. Finally had invited me to say something about it And I didn't Here are my two friends Sitting right beside me Or standing beside me whatever And I didn't want to embarrass them But uh, anyway I, I, I did say something about uh, Wearing of apparel If you're going to take one part of a scripture Take the, the other part if you're going to say it's wrong to wear a gold, say it's wrong to wear bridges <laughs> or clothes, because that's what that's what Peter said, or the wearing of apparel, yep. or, or was, is that the way it's worded? Uh, Paul Paul made a a similar statement, but it's for a different purpose. Uh, putting on of apparel, yep. or or putting on of apparel. Now, just common sense if, if, we just, if we read it from a book And not from the Holy Bible And you read that wouldn't you, wouldn't you say That what he said in the middle of the verse Was also to be taken At the last of the verse but you're not to wear gold Then you're not to wear clothes I'm not going to be a part of a nudist colony, no way. <laughs> but that my point is, taking scriptures out of context to apply or to elaborate on them to satisfy this is what I believe. This is what I believe. Uh, that's 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 not fair and that's wrong. But anyway, uh, there I sit with my gold watch. But anyway, in Matthew chapter 18, there's one more passage here I'd like to deal with. Uh, There's a whole bunch of them that could be But listen here Matthew 18 verses 15 through 20 Moreover if thy brother shall trespass against thee Go and tell him his fault Between thee and him alone If he shall hear thee Thou hast gained thy brother But if he will not hear thee Then take with thee one or two more In the mouth of two or three witnesses Every word may be established And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, If two or three of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 24, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now read the whole passage here that the Lord deals with this issue about this stubborn, rebellious individual that is uh, messed up. But how many times... I'm picky here How many times have we heard a preacher say Well there's not very many of us here tonight But the Bible says where two or three are gathered together I'll be in the midst of them Well the Bible does say that But it's not talking about our crowd It's not talking about whether we're going to sing and worship God or not It's not talking about that Many years ago, we preached revival in, in, in Terry Haute for Brother Weir, who is going to be with the Lord now, but there was a brother up in Brazil, Indiana, that is, that uh, came to visit, and he was getting ready to have a special gathering at his church, so he invited us to come up and, and be with us, and bless his heart, I don't remember his name, but anyway, he said, he invited us to come, said probably won't be very many there, but you're, we go, you're welcome to come. And I thought, brother, you're very positive, aren't you? You're very encouraging. Probably won't be very many there, but we'd be glad to have you. Well lo and behold, we went. That it was a Sunday afternoon event. And he had a chalkboard, I think it was. Not not anyway, not one of those white boards, but I think it's a chalkboard. And he wrote a scripture on it. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there. Well, anyway, think positive. Where, when he says two or three, they're not. He's not talking about gathering together to worship God. He's talking about gathering together to deal with this fellow that's turned haywire, that's backslid, that's rebellious. He's talking about that. So when we come to church tonight. May not be very many here because the pastor's missing. <laughs> but Bible says, <clears throat> where there's two or three of us, God said he'd be in our midst. Well, he would be in my midst where there's just me by myself. I expect to. I expect to meet him. In the morning when I wake up and pray I expect to meet him tonight when I pray before I go to bed I expect to meet him when I go through the day I I talked to him yesterday on my way home uh, From the men's meeting Uh, And and I expect to to have company I'm having company with him right now Whether y'all are here tonight or today or not Whether there's two or three here Or two or three hundred here I believe the Lord's here right now But let's not abuse a scripture by taking it out of its context to try to prove our feelings, pacify our feelings. Amen. Uh, Y'all ready to go eat? Uh, I got six more minutes. Anybody got something on it? There's one more verse I wanted to refer to. Brother Winninger. Yes yeah, sir. Yeah. It was to attract attention. Mm-hmm. No. Right. Right, paid it up. Yeah. Right. Yes, sir. Many moons ago, we preached revival in Aimwell, Louisiana, which is more country than Medora, Indiana, because at least we got a post office and a bank. Aimwell was just a wide spot in the road. I don't even know why they called it Aimwell. I guess they aimed to do well or something. But, but they the the pastor. Uh, at that time his brother connor was pastor there but anyway these preachers had a they go out in the woods and hunt every year uh deer and whatever and they they had a bus they bought a school bus and they took that out there and fixed it up that's that was their camp while they while they uh, hunted well he brought they brought that school bus in and parked it right beside the church uh, turned the water hose on it and washed it out inside whatever and sister walls woke up one day and there was a mouse right next to her head but but anyway that's 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 where we stayed uh, during the two-week revival uh, the outhouse was out there was no running water unless you run to get it but uh, and between the you know, you opened the door of that bus, it would squeak. And there were pigs outside in the yard. And every time you squeaked that door, here come the pigs. And Sister Walls, she had a time to get into that outhouse. But anyway, the point is, all through this two-week time here, you know, they, they, you caught water uh, out of the gutters off the roof. or well, I don't know if those gutters are not off the roof. Catch the water to wash your hair and stuff like that. But anyway, all this two-week time, uh, it, 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 we didn't have that kind of water. And, and, and it was getting, it, she was getting miserable because her head was so oily. She couldn't fix her hair, and you know her, uh, even if she's in the school bus. Uh, she's got to fix her hair. And we thought about this little place over by the name of Gina and another place by, uh, well, anyway, uh, Jones, Jones, Jonesboro, Jonesville, Jonesville, and a little place over there, and we talked about, well, let's go to the beauty shop and just have them to wash your hair. Don't do anything else, just wash your hair. But sure, we thought, sure as the world we do that, somebody's gonna see you going in or coming out and you're going to spoil the revival. You're just going to close it down, whether there's two or three there or not. But anyway, we we, we we decided we couldn't do that. So right at the end of the two weeks almost, it was so oily, she just couldn't handle it. She plaited it, braided it. Oh, it looked nice. All done up and everything. Well, after the revival, we had to, Supper or something with the pat Brother Connor, Brother Sister Connor, on the other side of the church in the parsonage on Monday evening, and, and of course he got around to the revival and what whatever, and Brother Connor said, "Well, he was so pleased with us; everything was good." He said, "But there was one thing, one thing that you did uh, that that we teach against." He said, "You plaited your hair, you braided your hair." Well, oh I'm glad she didn't do it at the beginning of the revival He'd have probably closed it down But again, how Brother Connor's gone now to be with the Lord So I can say this How ignorant can a person be? How, you know, how picky Because again, as Brother Winninger says That's not what Peter's talking about Not that at all But anyway One more thing See I got one minute Psalm 37 and verse 20 Did I give that one to you? Psalm 37 and verse 25 I'll close you on this one Uh, You got to close it on a high note David said Listen you've heard this one preached And quoted I have been young And now am old Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken Nor his seed begging bread And that has been preached and preached and preached And referred to You know And, and, and even some have talked about uh, Poor people praying And, and, and God to Somebody bringing bread to the uh, Food to them and whatever And that's wonderful That's glorious But to take that statement And say you'll never go hungry because God will send you a loaf of bread. Uh-uh. Go, go visit some people in Haiti, or some people, I know I'm through, or some of those people in some of those foreign countries that's digging out of the trash cans to find something to eat. Or if you will, I know I didn't give you this to you, but in the book of Luke, chapter 16. In verse 19 and 20 and 21 and 22, you know what I'm going to. The Bible says, is that what it means? (laughs) There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Uh Uh-huh. And the next verse, 20. And there was a certain, what? Beggar? Named Lazarus, which laid at his gate full of sores. Verse 21. And he this begging to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now I ask you one simple question. Was Lazarus righteous? Was Lazarus a godly man? Was Lazarus a child of God? Read the next verse. Verse, and it came to pass when the beggar died. (laughs) Oh, Lord, help me. I pray to God this can happen to me when I die. Or something similar. He was carried... By the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died. He was buried. So I've never seen the righteous for. Okay, David, that's great. I'm glad you lived in such a time. I'm glad you could say that. But I must say, my brother David, I've seen the righteous forsaken. I've seen them begging bread. I've seen them living in shacks or less. I've seen that. Maybe in your day it didn't happen. And thank God it didn't. But in my day, we're going to have problems, folks. The bite, the righteous is going to be tempted and tried and tested. They that live godly shall, shall suffer persecution. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. right 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 I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm going to leave it like right that amen now isn't this great Didn't, haven't I done good today I just <laughs> please don't go home all confused now and say brother Wallace doesn't believe half of the bible <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my intent was to say If you read it, read it all, read it all. That's right. If you believe it, believe it all But don't pick at it Amen. Don't pick it at it We were in a, I, I know we gotta go We were in a fellowship meeting many years ago All of my stories are many years ago We were in a fellowship meeting This one of those, one of those kind of fellowship meetings where Everybody that was a preacher had something to say And so happened That that particular fellowship meeting There was a Trinitarian there And they invited him to say something And of all things I think if I'd have been that Trinitarian I wouldn't have done what he did But anyway he got up And and, and was referring or quoting Whatever book of Acts chapter 2 About what happened On the day of Pentecost And he got down to verse 37 Men and brethren what shall we do and he said, "I'm going to skip the next verse that belongs to you, paternitar- the, you Pentecostals." And he skipped it. Makes you want to kick him in the shins or someplace and say, "Let's read it all. Let's take it all. The whole book. The whole book." Amen. Is this all right? Let's stand. I must must close. Lord, Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.